Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. It's time's come round. Time has come round quickly, hasn't it? Turn my phone off before I get any embarrassing calls. Um, hello and welcome. It's um, got my mic, mic in view. My man, Mike. Um, Got some questions to answer tonight. The, they call me JJ Stiano, plastic surgeon extraordinaire, and I will be answering your questions here and now live. Uh, we've got some kind people who've asked me some questions in a pre uh, preordained fashion, which I will attempt to answer, and I will also attempt to answer live before your eyes any questions that might come up as we go. So feel free to comment and share feel free to comment and share if you have any questions uh, then you can please ask them here and now uh, in case you're wondering where we are we're at tuesday night at 7 p.m i think are we? yeah um so without further ado if you've got any questions don't be shy do feel free to ask them if you want to be anonymous then um you can um email them to me or or uh, or direct message me uh, pre-operative uh, not pre-operatively pre pre previously previously um, so question number one number one question which is going to come up on the screen anytime now oh yeah there it is having a breast reduction if you've already had a breast reduction in the past right okay good question um, thank you very much for that question in fact thank you for all of these questions because they're all good questions but this is a particularly good question because um, it's from a patient of mine who's had a breast reduction who's delighted very pleased with the breast reduction and uh, I'm very pleased about that but she still feels her breasts are too big and this is not uncommon um people having breast reduction saying yeah no i'm really good but you know what i wish it was a bit smaller uh, i guess it's a bit like people having um breast augmentation saying they wish it was a bit bigger maybe maybe it's not like that, that at all actually um no it's not really like that but it's like that in terms of people not being 100 percent happy with the size that you make them the well it's it's this one of the one of the not the perks of the job what's the opposite of perk one of the um, uh, uh, problems or one of the issues with the job is number one making people happy because um, always trying to make what you have in your mind to be what they the patient has in their mind um, we were just doing a I was just doing a case just now with a kind of one of my colleagues and we thought it looked really good at the end of the operation and um, really it doesn't really matter what we think it matters what the patient thinks so um that is the one of the challenges of aesthetic surgery, of cosmetic surgery. Uh, when you're doing things for aesthetic reasons, for, for it is um, very much in the eye of the beholder. Or 
well, the beholder being the person looking in the mirror, I guess that still works. Yeah. Okay. So um, where was I? So, mm, so that the question about people having a breast reduction and not, uh, and not, and wanting another breast reduction. That's the question. Yes. Short answer. Yes. You can have another breast reduction. Um, but put a couple of riders. I'm going to put a couple of riders on that. First rider, something that I always try and tell people preoptively with regards to size when you're doing a breast reduction. The bigger the breasts are before you start, the biggest, the bigger they are will they will be when you finish. Because when you do a breast reduction, you have to keep a stalk of tissue. We call it a pedicle. A pedicle being like a stalk. A stalk of tissue going towards the nipple. Um, now you can do a free nipple graft where you take the nipple off and put the nipple back on as a graft. I don't like doing that. I don't think it's a very nice. Personally, I don't think it's a very nice way of doing it. You, we always get pro problems with um, numbness in, in the nipple. You or will you get lack of projection of the nipple, and that doesn't stick out very much. So there are issues with it. It's only in my hands. It's only for people with very very big breasts. So if you do a free nipple graft, where you take the nipple off and put it back on again then you can make them any size you want, really. You can, you know, make, that's how you make women into men, really. Um, so you can, you can do it that way. But uh, in my view, it is far better to keep the nipple alive um, rather than taking it off and putting it back as a graft. So that means keeping a stalk of tissue going to the nipple. And the bigger your breasts are, the lower they are, is the nipple areolar complex transposition. So how far the nipple areolar complex moves is the issue. So the lower they are and the further they have to move, the longer the stalk will be. And the, when you do the breast reduction, that stalk will carry with it a certain amount of bulk and a certain amount of volume. That's why people who are very big, we can't make them really, really small because you would jeopardize the vascularity of the nipple. You just jeopardize the blood supply to the nipple. You can lose the nipple when you do a breast reduction. You can also just jeopardize the um, nerve supply to the nipple. So the sensation can be altered. The milk ducts can be interrupted. So you might not be able to breastfeed. So you try and leave as much of the normal structures going to the nipple as you can. But the longer it is, the more of those structures you're going to be dividing. Um, and so you want to make it as bulky as possible to keep all the nerve supply the blood supply and the milk ducts going to the nipple um but that makes the breast bigger Ooh. Ooh. um sorry about that um so that's the reason why they're often a bit big people who that's why i try and make it clear to people preoptively that they will be a certain size that's number one point number so i think i've got three points on this question Number two point I would say is, yes, they, you can have another breast reduction. If you have another breast reduction, you've already had a breast reduction or you've had a breast lift, you, the surgeon needs to know how they did the original surgery. Now, obviously, I did the original surgery in this patient. And if she wants me to do it again, we're all happy about that because I know what I did. But if you if she went to another surgeon or if someone came to me having had a breast reduction and wants another breast reduction, I would need to ideally get the operation note from the other surgeon. It's fine. Just write to the other surgeon or, or the clinic or whatever. And they should give it to you without a problem. Um, just like I would give you your operation note if you wanted it. Um, oh, it's got, has it gone dark? Is that me? Hi, Angela. Nice to see you. Good to have you here today. Um, so... Um, so, yeah, so you need to know the the way because when you make that stalk, when you make that pedicle, you can make it in different ways. You can make it based at the top. It's called a superior pedicle based on the bottom. It's called an inferior pedicle. Laterally, 
you can have it bipedical you can have it laterally both sides or horizontally both sides supramedial you can have all different types of pedicle um, and the surgeon who does the surgery again has to use the same pedicle because if you have the nipple based on a superior pedicle if it's if you've got it attached at the top and then another surgeon says oh, i'm going to do another breast and i'm going to attach it at the bottom well then you've just cut that pedicle and the nipple then the pedicle is based on scar tissue which is bad and which is a high risk of nipple dying. So the risks are increased when you have a revision breast reduction, when you have a second time breast reduction, because you, you, there's a scar all over the place and you have to make sure you use the same pedicle. Um, so, um, but it is possible to do, but it's something that you need to do carefully and you need to try and make sure you have as much information as possible. And then the third point, point three, I want to make on this uh, question, which is just demonstrates what a great question it is, um, is, uh, oh yeah, be careful what you wish for. I always say to people before they have breast reduction, what size do you want to be? And they say, I want to be this or that, you know, whatever. And, and I always say, I can't guarantee it because I ask for size because we always go on size. But what I'm trying to do and what we're often trying to do when we're doing a breast reduction is trying to make the shape right. You've got to make it like a pyramid. The nipple's got to be at the apex of the pyramid. You've got to make the width right. You've got to make it proportionate to your frame. Often people who require a breast reduction, their breasts are not in proportion with their body. They're not in proportion with their frame. And so um, that's what you're trying to do when you do a breast reduction. Sometimes people, when they say, I want to be a B cup or something like that, they don't realize what a B cup will be in them. And it might be that that might be a bit small. It might lack projection. It might be a bit flat. You don't want them to be flat because the nipple you know, like pancakes and, and nipple there, it doesn't look good. You need to have some projection there. And if you've got a certain width to your chest, you need a certain width to your breast. Nice shape. Shape's important, I believe. Um, so you want a nice shape. I know you'll people say, oh, back pain, all that. But obviously you're going to reduce the volume, make them in, keep more in keeping with your frame. But really the shape is really, I think is, is important when you do a breast reduction. And that, again, will be a reason to have it a certain size. Am I looking scruffy or am I looking okay? Let me check myself in the camera. Perhaps I should have done that before I came on air anyway. Um, so that was a three, uh, uh, a tried and answer on that one. Um, triumvirate answer. So what we've got now is got this question here. This is a patient um, who is from Belfast who wants to have a tummy tuck uh, and wants to is inquiring because she wants to have a uh, Skype consultation and um, and as an inquiry along those lines. So I think the main inquiry is, do we do a Skype consultation? So uh, the answer to that is yes, we do do Skype consultations. We treat them and we charge them the same as a normal consultation um, because we just put them in the diary like a normal consultation. Uh, and also if you, uh, but we encourage you to come for a live consultation in person prior to having surgery uh, and that would not be charged because you'd have already paid because you only ever pay for the first consultation so um so yes we do do skype consultations but the, i always say to people um who are in this country or at least who are you know who live local to here to birmingham have surgery local to here have surgery local to birmingham there's um lots of good places to have surgery in birmingham uh, and the West Midlands and you shouldn't have to travel to go to Manchester or London or wherever you know um, you shouldn't have to travel to have to find a good surgeon and it's good to go locally for lots of reasons um, uh, one with regards to the 
this sort of thing, the consultation, the follow-up, um, the aftercare, if you've got any little niggles or scars not quite right, it's just so much easier if the surgeon's down the road. If you do need a little bit of revision, dog ear, a little bump, lump, you know, need a small revision, it's just so much easier if you don't have to go all the way to some faraway place. Uh, and all these things obviously are compounded for if you go abroad, which is another story in itself. Um, so I always say to people, look, have surgery close to home. So that works both ways. So if someone inquires from Belfast, so look, there's loads of good surgeons in Belfast. Look at the BARPS register, uh, BAAPS, the Plastic Surgery Association or British Association of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons, BAPRAS, British Association of Plastic Reconstructive and Aesthetic Surgeons. They got registers of their surgeons and you should be able to find a surgeon um, close to where you live, a fully trained plastic surgeon. Um, another, oh, another dig there, not dig. Have I got my books? Um, yeah, I've written a book about that. Never accept a lift from strangers. Currently free on the Kindle store. So if you go to Kindle store and uh, go to uh, Never Accept a Lift from Strangers, you can get my book free on the Kindle um, uh, for until Tuesday the 7th. No. Tuesday the 7th. <laughs> That's today. <laughs> oh, God, is it till? Or is it next Tuesday? It's free for a week. My God, is it just till today? Oh, well, I'm, I'm not sure if it is free. Oh, God. Right. Um, oh, well, anyway, it might be still free. It was free for a week. Um, but 7th of August, that's awkward. Anyway, that's today. So, anyway, so, yes. So, that's, so you you must look for a fully trained plastic surgeon. Again, another another question there. Um, but look for a fully trained plastic surgeon. But you'll have lots near where you live. And I would encourage you to go near where you live. So, if you're in Belfast, by all means, have a, we'll do a Skype interview, uh, a consultation. You can come to the clinic. You can have surgery. And I do do surgery on people who, are, who live far away. But, um, but, um, Oh, look at that. We've got some questions coming in. Uh, do we do do surgery um, on people who live far away? But I always say them this. I'd say this to them. Say them this. Oh, God, can we edit that? Angela, you're absolutely spot on. I agree with you. The price does swear a lot of people to go abroad. Yes. Yes, it does. And I understand completely because I've seen the prices of surgery when you go abroad. And it is a lot cheaper than this country. Um, and so I can inc inc totally understand why people do it. And it will continue to be a big business, to be honest with you, because the prices will continue to be less than this country and people will always go abroad for surgery. And the, the good thing about um, a lot of um, the cosmetic operations is they have got a relatively low complication rate. So a lot of people will be fine. And so they'll, you know, they'll be fine. And so for a lot of people, it's OK. The problem comes if you have a problem. You know, that's the problem. And there's a small minority of people who get problems. And, I, and, you, and I've seen big problems and I've seen small problems. And that and it's just a bit frustrating. If you, you know, I've seen quite a few people have had like small problems. They've not been, to be honest with you, they've not been that bad. The problems they've had a um, bit of wound breakdown, maybe superficial infections, maybe some asymmetries. Things aren't quite right, but it really needs to be the surgeon sorting this out and the surgeons in. Um, I can't remember where they've been now, Dominican Republic or Prague or Cuba or, um, you know, wherever. Um, and that's the problem. But uh, and, and you've also got to ask yourself, why is it so much cheaper abroad? You know, is it because we're all greedy and making loads of money? 
well, you shouldn't have said that because that's probably what you think it is. But it's not. It's because we have huge amount of um, money that we have. The hostels have to spend a huge amount of money on the regulations to make sure the standards in the hostels are as high as they can possibly be. We have to spend a huge amount of money on our indemnity. Another reason why plastic surgeons um, are penalized in a way because we spend a lot more on indemnity than non-plastic surgeons. We are covered for five, 10 million pounds. So you've got that cover. We have insurance, um, which then covers you if you have a problem. Um, but that costs many, many thousands of pounds. And other non-trained doctors, people abroad, have, have the surgeons abroad got that cover? I don't know. You'd have to check. Um, um, but that that it may not be that they've got the cover. That might be a reason why it's cheaper. It might be that the hospital hasn't got such stringent um, uh, criteria they have to follow and meet um, guidelines they have to meet um, in terms of their uh, clinical governance and and all the sort of running of the of the facilities. So um, the problem that is, and one of the issues I make in the book, is not that going abroad for surgery is bad or at least not that surgeons abroad are bad, because obviously there's lots of good surgeons in every country, just like there's good surgeons in Birmingham, there's good surgeons in Belfast. If you live in Belfast, you're probably better off with a Belfast one. You can come to the Birmingham one, but, you know, there's lots of good surgeons everywhere. The problem with the ones abroad is we don't, you know, you don't know the level of qualifications. You don't know the level of training um, because, you know, it's different in every country and um, and you don't know what, qualifications are what the training are what the governing bodies are who you can go to if you have a problem you know because they'll be governed by the that country you, you can't go to the gmc you can't go to the general medical council or barps or bapras you know the plastic surgery associations here and complain about a surgeon over there you can only complain about surgeons who are members of the those associations so yeah I'm, I'm totally with you i'm not yeah angela you're absolutely right you're absolutely right people it does make sense to go local but i understand why people do go abroad so, yeah, so um, you can come uh, to see me from Belfast, please do. Well, if you want to, you can. And uh, be, I'd be very happy to see if I can help and I'll do a Skype consultation. But my advice would be um, if you're having something like a tummy tuck, which is quite a big operation, there'll be lots of good plastic surgeons in Belfast. So I, I would advise you to probably have a look at those first. And if you get no luck or whatever, if you want any advice from me then or, or anyone else at the clinic, you can always get in touch with us. We'd be very happy to help you. So um, Ruth is straight in there with a, with a, oh, Ruth, that is similar. That's similar to my question here. I've got a question here. So Ruth has said, how soon can you have the implants removed and replaced with big ones after your first breast surgery, which ties in with my third question, question number three, having very large breast implants. So Ruth, you're a legend for asking me a question, uh, asking me a question. Thank you very much for that. And I shall endeavor to answer that. Um, bit of a worry question that one Ruth how soon can you have the implants removed there's a few issues going on there so from a purely surgical point of view um, when you do surgery there's obviously a lot of scar tissue and you want to wait for that scar tissue to settle before you do another operation ideally now if you need another operation if you have a hematoma or have an infection or something you can do surgery at any time you know you can do surgery next day next week after an, an operation, you can, you know, you can do surgery uh, at any time. But if you're doing an elective operation, so if, you, if you're planning the next surgery for the best time, the, from a purely surgical point of view, at least three months. Three months minimum, 
ideally a year. So I guess any time between those two in terms of scar tissue settling and softening and the surgery being easier. Surgery is very difficult if you go in soon. It's all scarred and hard and the surgery is not very nice to do and everything's quite woody and tissues are, don't give so much, uh, particularly going for bigger implants. So um, probably six to 12 months, I would say, would be the sort of time that would be the minimum from a surgical point of view. Um, the next point I would make is that I wouldn't make any rash decisions. Sometimes people, when they first have surgery, I don't know if you've just had surgery. I don't know what your situation is, Ruth. I don't know how long after surgery you are or whatever. But if you haven't long had surgery, then I would say to you, is this little scruffy? I do it up. They look weird. Yeah, that would look weird. Um, then I would say to you, if you haven't, you know, live with them for a while. When people have implants, they often think, oh, they're too big. They're too small. Um you know they're not right too high too low too wide too close together so there's all sorts of issues and things that you go through when you first have surgery i would say live with them for a while for as long as you possibly can you want to minimize the amount of operations you have to your breast so um you know i would just be absolutely sure if you that's what you want because um again i don't know how you what process was you went through for choosing the implants but you know if you've gone through the process if you've chosen the implants for a reason i always think that you've chosen those implants for a reason you've hopefully got the dimensions right got it all nailed down so it's just the right dimensions the right width the right profile so then you go changing them now understand you say you want to be big a lot of people say they want to be bigger but you've got to be a bit careful that you don't go for maybe a higher profile implant that looks different and doesn't look quite so good or you go for a wider implant that maybe gives you some problems with you know, being too wide for your frame. So you can have issues um, when you change implants purely based on size, because it won't just be the size that will change. It will be the shape that will change as well in some way. They'll either go wider or they'll go fuller. So you might be happy with that. You might not want them wider or fuller, um, but it was in which case fine. But it's something to think about. Um, if you have got implants, I would say you leave it as long as possible. Um, just for the sort of psychological things to sort of um, um, sink in and to be sure that that's what you really want because you really need to try and minimize your operations you have to your, to your breast um, and just to tie that one in with this having very large breast implants um, this is um, someone who's been in touch who has already got large breast implants and wants larger breast implants um, they're over a thousand cc's. I can't remember what they were now, but a thousand and something. Um, now that's a big, big breast implant. Um, and really, for me personally, it is Ruth. You are totally welcome. Uh, and I want to say thank you, Ruth, for asking a question on the um, on the live. I always appreciate that. I can't like on this thing, um, but I always go back and like. So I will like you um so i do like you thank you thank you for that ruth kind so ruth this is following in on yours one your one this is asking about very large so um what i would advise someone having very large breast implants i personally i can't make them look good to be honest with you i i don't it's not for me really these very large like when you get to over a thousand cc's i think it's very hard to make that look good long term you get problems um with the weight of the implant stretches the skin um causes problems for the future and like i was saying before when you get to so when you're getting to like over a thousand cc's then you're getting into a bespoke 
implants so you're getting a custom-made implant i would imagine i'm not don't think any implant manufacturers well polytech might make them sort of that size but yeah but um not much more than that so but when you get into this sort of realms you get into bespoke made so you know as i say as you get bigger you either go wider or you go fuller and i understand some people maybe for their job of their work their bigger implants means more um, work and it's important for them um, so i understand that there is a need for this sort of look and the sort of um this sort of thing but it uh it's not really the forte of the clinic. I think you got to decide where you, where your strengths are. And I think the, the strengths and the sort of forte of what we do at the clinic is more for people who've lost volume, people who, um, who have maybe always been small or asymmetrical, who want to restore volume back and want to have something that's a bit more in proportion with their frame um, because they feel out of proportion with their frame or shape's not right. This is a sort of patient... For these really big implants, there are some people who um, use these big implants and it's not us um, because I think in, in my hands anyway, they do um, they do cause problems for the future. So what I would say to you, like I say to everybody, is about do your research, look for someone who does this sort of thing and maybe can show you some results of that they've done this sort of thing and you feel comfortable with them and they feel comfortable they can help you um and that's the sort of surgeon you want to be looking for i'm sorry it's not me and i'm sorry i can't help you but um that's the sort of surgeon you want to be um looking for someone who is comfortable with using these sort of volumes of implants and um do yeah do your research shop around and if you don't feel that that surgeon's look gelling with you uh then choose another one i mean i spoke to a patient the other day who said they'd been seeing lots of surgeons and all that and i think it's good that that she told me that a lot of people don't they feel and i understand they feel anxious about it i think i'd feel anxious if i was going to see someone i wouldn't necessarily tell them to be honest i don't think i'll tell them i've seen loads of others but um i understand that people do see loads of other surgeons and i think it's good to see loads of other surgeons we all know all you know we all know that people see lots of surgeons um and uh you know i think it's good to get different opinions gina I don't know what I, I don't know where Katie Price is at the moment with her breast implants, but they do cause, you know, these people who obviously they've used, she's had them to, um, you know, for her career and things and they've done work well for that. And so you could argue there's a reason for having sort of implants that may be a little bit out of proportion, but, um, but they do cause problems in the long term. So that is something to consider if you are considering having larger implants and then hopefully the person who does them would be able to counsel you about that um but um but yeah so i think i think it's all about showing some showing um showing yeah finding a surgeon who gels with you and you gel with them can give you the results you want and it's absolutely fine to see several because we all have our strengths and our weaknesses and the trick is for the surgeon to know what their strengths and weaknesses are um, and to communicate that to the patients because we're not we're trying to give happy patients and good results or at least that's what we're trying to do here um oh sarah there you go she's admitted it sarah how dare you you'd seen other surgeons before you came me to see me <gasps> that's good yeah absolutely i think i think you know to be honest we 
a lot of people come to see other people before they see us and see me um and i welcome that uh, and if they choose one of the others then that's fine because we all get on with different people and um you know and i think if your surgeon is not happy or you get the impression they don't want uh you to see other surgeons or they trying to sort of make you have surgery there and then or you know talk about surgery there and then i think you've got to worry you know um you've got to let people go have a think about it um and then make a decision on their in their own time and then if they come back then fine and if they don't then maybe it wasn't right um that's my view sarah that's a definite double like on that one if you could if you could double like i don't think you can double like can you um well i'm all out how was that was that was that helpful was that a quick one that's it i'm all out of questions um that was three i've done them haven't i yeah all three i need a haircut before you tell me um oh look at that sarah felt pressured by other clinics I t- that's a bad situation. I mean, for surgery, you do not want to be feeling pressured, do you? I, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I get, well, I hope, I mean, I make it clear to everyone at uh, my place, we, we're the opposite. We try and say, look, you know what, because sometimes people say I want to pay and all that sort of stuff. So I kind of think about it. If it's right, it's going to be right tomorrow morning and things. Yeah, no, being pressured isn't good. And that is bad practice. It's bad medicine. Um, you need to have a think about it. You need to know about the pros and cons. So, um, yeah. But uh, that is that is bad if anyone's pressuring anyone else. Sorry to hear that, Sarah. And I'm better off out. Come with the non-pressurized people. That's us. Right. We're the non-pressure kids, I hope. Um, that's the idea. Right then. So I'm going to go and uh, have a haircut immediately. And I'm going to call this call time on this meeting and uh if anyone's got a question and is typing it as we speak i'm sorry i mean i will answer it if it comes but you know if that happens and if i've missed anything i will answer it and then i'll go get up pick it up next week actually there was one was there one last week i was going to answer this week have a good evening you too sarah have a lovely evening um or did i do that last week anyway i'll go and check thank you all for listening And I'm going to end this broadcast by pressing this button right here. The button has been pressed. And so I'm assuming, oh, it's giving me another button. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.